Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brandon Bang and I am Rapport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity have no fear. The young shooter, Deuce Collins, is with me on this Brandon Bang and I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Love in Pittsburgh. Plus, we review, full review of all three parts of the Kanye West documentary, which is magical. We break down winning time on HBO and so much more. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice. Yes? Start this puppy off with something real proper. Okay. But most importantly, start this puppy off with something real loud and real funky. I am Rappaport Serial Pockets. Let's fucking go. Thanks to True Nigen for supporting the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. True Nigen helps fuel cells, engines, maintain cellular metabolism, and even supports heart health in combination with a healthy lifestyle. Save 20% on your first purchase at truenigen.com slash champ with promo code champ. Truenigen.com slash champ with the promo code champ. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Boom. I'm smiling. Higgity have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. The name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Sultan of Sniff, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Inflamed Ashkenazi, a.k.a. the Disruptive Warrior, a.k.a. the White Chocolatito, a.k.a. Mr. New York. And this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming live from New York. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption, the the ziggity zone of disruption. As I said, we are here in beautiful, a beautiful winter day in New York. I mean, it's it's like summer today here in New York. And um, let's just jump into it. Uh, we have the young shooter, Dean Collins, a.k.a. Deuce Pacino, 
rocking from Los Angeles, California with me today on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Deuce Pacino, how are you, my friend? Mi amigo. Hey, mi amigo. I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it is a, I mean, gorgeous spring. It, it's not spring yet. Well, you said winter. I mean, well, I'm kind of confused because it's March. We're technically in winter. Spring starts on my birthday, March 20th, which we're going to get to. Okay. But today is just t-shirt, you know, light jacket, you know, the girls are out, the skateboarders are skateboard, and everybody's got a smile on their face. It was a spectacular walk through Central Park this morning, and it was a, a fantastic lunch today and a little walk uh, in Soho. And now we're doing a, what's going to be a museum quality I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. And I just wanted to say, welcome, young Thank shooter. you. I love that confidence, man, because you're like, what's going to be a museum quality podcast? You already know it's going to be fucking banging. I like that, man. I like that confidence. I like that jacket. Thank I like you. that shirt. Thank you got you. something, something's going on with you today that I haven't seen previously i don't know what it is you're talking about the walk you're talking about the beautiful day yep you haven't complained about anything it seems like everything is really positive today not yet well what what's a little bit different for me today than a lot of other days is no sleep i mean i was in pittsburgh uh the night before uh, i got no sleep uh, the night uh, uh in pittsburgh and then i got no sleep in my own bed which really sucked um, so I am feeling good, appreciating the weather, appreciating, uh, uh, my health, which yeah. the phlegm is just, yeah. I mean, I feel like I need to go full vegan, only drink water. Yeah. But you cut, you cut the coffee out and all that. And I need to go like... one step further. Okay. I need to go one step further. Anyway, Dean, enough about my phlegm. Yeah, okay. Um, I will say this, Pittsburgh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to everybody who came to see the shows in Pittsburgh. Uh, the fans out there were excellent. They were awesome. I want to give a shout out to the two girls who were sitting in the front row that blessed me with my first terrible towel. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers terrible towel with a message on the back. Happy birthday. So nice, so surprising, and I want to also give a shout-out to the girl, the woman who made me I Fuck With The Dingo t-shirt. I think it's a one-of-one, one. I Fuck With The Dingo t-shirt, uh, Buttersoft, um, and all the Pittsburgh fans. It was it was fun out there. I got to be honest, the first show, the first night, I was like, we might have an issue. Well, what happened? Nothing happened. There was just a vibe of a few people up close, and I'm like... Do you think all I did was friends? Like, don't you want to know who you're coming to see? Aren't you want to be sure? There was just a few very white red faces in the front row. And the first show, they had the lights on so we could see a lot of beady little eyes in the crowd. And there were, there was just a, there was just a lot of beady little eyes. What, what do you mean though? Like they, like they, they weren't down to be there. They, they just didn't have a friendliness about them. Then why are you at the show? That's I mean, what I'm saying. Why are you coming to see you? You're paying money to go see you. I mean, what I did you think it. you're coming to see? Gary from Friends? Right. Maybe. No. Maybe that's what they thought they were going to see. You ain't coming to see Gary from Friends. Gary Bring from Friends out, is a, shoot that's that a, bird. That, yeah, that, that guy don't exist in real life. Right. Come see Michael Rapport. Okay. So don't don't plant your little beady little eyes on me. In the front row, you got VIP seats. Did you not know who you paid to come see on a Friday night? But that was just a little 6% of the first show. The shows were great in Pittsburgh. The people were great. Yeah. Good amount of I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans. People were always disappointed when you're not there, Dean. Oh, well, I would have loved to have been there. Where's Dean? Where's the young shooter? Why isn't he here? Is he, is he think he's too good now? They didn't say that. They say it. They I didn't had say two that. Two beautiful young women, European. I don't know what kind of accents. Stop me in Soho today. Can I take a picture? Bop, 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 bop. We love the shooter. I said, he, I don't know really? where he is. I, I said, I don't know where he is. Oh, I need to come to New York, I guess. 
Oh, you come. That's up to you. We're not. We're not going to pull your teeth. You know, we're not. No gonna- one's pulling my teeth, man. I didn't get invited to Pittsburgh. I would have loved to go to Pittsburgh. You know, I. You know, I had a hat. Um, I had a hat with the P on it for Pittsburgh Pirates. I didn't know that was a baseball team. I, I did know it was a baseball team, but someone had given me the hat because my nickname at the time was Pritch. They'd call me Pritch. Who, who called you Pritch? A no, lot never, of my friends called did, me Pritch be, be, when because did anyone old school. call you Pritch? I had it in high school and Pritch? in college. What was your nickname call, Pritch for? Because in old school, Jeremy Piven's character, his name was Dean Pritchard. His name was Dean Pritchard. He was the dean of the school, so they'd call me Pritch. But wh- so wh- wh- got, why did they call you Pritch? Because Dean. It was oh, Dean Pritchard, right? I see. Real creative stuff. Right. So Dean Pritchard, I became Pritch. So they go, yo, Pritch, yo, Pritch. So they gave me a hat, a Pittsburgh Pirates hat for Pritch. I would wear the P for Pritch. And Public Enemy, and I was, too. And Public Enemy. For me, it was really, yeah, it was Pritch For from you, it was school, just Pritch. But, it was just, it was just Pritch. Does but anyone does anyone call you Pritch today? No one calls me that anymore. Thank no one God. calls me that anymore. I, I retired it because I, there was an incident that happened. Um, I, this happened in 2010. I haven't forgotten it. It is one of the most embarrassing things that's, that's oh, well, happened. Spill to me. it. Spill it on the I am Rapport Stereo Pockets. We want the full Pritchard. Well, I was. We want I the was whole in incident. Dorm, Give me the I whole thing, a, and I want the embarrassing version. Pritch. All right. Well, I was, I was in a dorm room party. We were playing beer pong. All these girls were around. Everyone was around. And I had this roommate who, like, he he didn't like me. I could tell it was this underlying tension between us. I don't know what it was. Um, and I had the Pittsburgh Pirates hat on, and he said, "Oh, Pirates, you you like you like watching uh you like baseball?" And I was like, ah, "I'm not really a big baseball fan." Um, and they were like, "Why are you wearing the hat?" And I and I explained oh, the God. old school Dean Pritchard, and they said. Well, you don't like the pirates, and I said no, and they and they said, "Do you know what? Uh, do you know what that stands for?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh Pirates." And they were like, "Where is Pittsburgh?" And for oh, they, some these reason, guys everyone, were looking for trouble, huh? They were. I, I, it was like the guy really wanted to embarrass me. I don't know. I don't know what he was getting at, but all of a sudden, he said, "Where's Pittsburgh?" Everyone before that was like playing the beer pong. They were doing their games, and then all of a sudden, the room stopped, and everyone looked at me. It became silent, like they were waiting on my answer. I I really had no idea where Pittsburgh was. And I I had no idea. And they were like, you don't know where fucking Pittsburgh is? So I, I just learned, I'll never forget it's in uh, Pennsylvania, right? You Pennsylvania. I had no idea. Where did you I, think I, it was? I don't know. I just thought it was one of those, you know, Pittsburgh, Be- you know? People take the hats too seriously anyway. You know, I wear, I got my all black New York Yankee hat on here. Yeah, but you know where New York is. I mean, yeah, I know that. But but I want a, an all black, just like hat with nothing on it, or an M, or like you know, like a picture. Because I don't want to converse with you. I don't, don't want to have to about the Yankees. Debate. And if I did care about the Yankees, I don't want to speak to you, right, in the airport at five forty-five in the morning about off-season trades that the Yankees are making. I'm wearing the hat. Really, to try to let you know, I don't want to talk to you. That right. That's where I wear a hat in public, particularly like this. This means. Does this look like a person that wants to speak to anybody? No. When you look at a face like this, this is a guy that doesn't want to talk to you. And if I'm in an airport with a hoodie on and headphones on, and it's <laughs> sun hasn't come up, this means don't speak to anybody. This yeah. means I don't want. This isn't a fashion statement. It means leave me alone. I want to get on my flight, and I don't want to talk. I don't care about the Yankees. I don't care about their off-season decisions. I don't care if baseball strikes or not. I don't care that you're a Pisces. I don't care about your Nothing. This means don't talk to me. That's what that yeah, means. Yeah, do not it's, approach. We're not, we're not a fucking approachable over here. I'm not, I mean, you look like you're going to rob the place. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I got a mask on. I got headphones. I got a hoodie. What makes you think this... Stupid hat is an invitation to chat about off-season accusations and the pitching staff of the Yankees. It's not. Yeah, this is not a friendly guy. This is not someone that we want to come up to, talk about sports with. Especially yeah. at five forty-five in the morning when, when I'm just I'm getting the Starbucks so I could stand and make it on the flight. 
You getting the sleep out of your eye? This you don't even watch baseball. I, I mean, don't care. Even, even if I did, if it was a Knicks hat, a freaking yeah, Martin Scorsese hat. Fuck alone. I don't ask you set. about your stupid fucking shirts and your hats. Just let me walk through the fucking airport. I want to get, on, get on the plane in peace. I want to listen to my slow jams. And, and I want to get. I want to get off the plane and get in the Uber and go home and take a shower. That's that's what this means. All that I just said. That's that's what it all means here. Right. Just so people know uh, that are listening, and there's a lot of you. Oh, there's a lot. Tour has changed. The next, the next date is Spokane. Spokane or Spokane? I, I like Spokane. I, I don't know if it's Spokane. It's like don't put the e at the end of it if it's Spokane. Spokane. I, I'm gonna go with Spokane. Spokane. Spokane or Spokane? I it doesn't. I mean, Sp- you'll I'm gonna learn be in it Spokane or Spokane, Washington, March 24th. And then I'm going to be in Tampa, April 1st, April 2nd. And then I am going to be in Irvine on April 22nd, April 23rd. And I have to change. I had to change my DC shows. They're getting rescheduled. They are no longer going to be on April 29th, April 30th. And that's April. And then May uh, May 13th, Pleasanton, California, up north, which is great. I love that city. And then Pleasanton, after that, Columbus, Ohio. All tickets, all information is available at michaelrapportcomedy.com. But we're going to Tampa. We're going to Spokane or Spokane. Um, D- D.C. is being rescheduled. All tickets, all information is available at michaelrapportcomedy.com. Can you believe it's been two years? Is it two years since we were in Tampa last or three? Wow. No, it's not three. Whenever the pandemic started, what was that, two years ago? Two years ago. Just before everything shut down, we were in in Tampa. And and I'm convinced that I had COVID during that. You had something because you you, you made it to New York and you disappeared on me for four days. I was getting ready to call child services. It was horrible. I am Rappaport Podcast. From head to toe, your body is made up of trillions of cells which are busy performing their specific functions to keep you healthy and resilient. To keep up with all the work, a sufficient supply of an essential molecule called NAD plus must be maintained for cells to perform their normal functions. Many common lifestyle factors that can decrease your cells NAD plus supply include alcohol consumption, excess sun exposure, poor diet, and even environmental factors such as pollution. True Nigen helps fuel the cell's energies and can safely and efficiently evaluate your NAD plus levels, giving each one of your hard-hitting cells exactly what it needs to perform at its best. Save 20% on your first purchase at truenigen.com slash champ with the code CHAMP. That's true Nigen, T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com slash champ with the code CHAMP to save 20% on your first purchase. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Go to truenigen.com slash champ with the code CHAMP to save 20% on your first purchase now. I said uh, uh, slow jams, which is a great segue into the Kanye West documentary, the three-part Kanye West documentary, which is about five hours in total length, broken up into about an hour and a half, hour 40 minutes for three parts. It's called Genius. I'm sure everybody's heard about it. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. Um, Me and the Young Shooter, a.k.a. Deuce Collins, uh, a.k.a. Deuce Pacino, um, have been watching it, discussing it. I'll let you break it down first, and then and then I'll chime in on on just sort of the the overview and the three break down the like just break down the sort of first part, the first episode. And for me, as I cue you up, you know, I've been very um, adamant. I've been very outspoken about you know Kanye not being all that, Kanye being this, Kanye being that, Kanye being you know. All these things, but that very first episode reminded me of his story. It informed me um, about things I didn't know, 
and the filmmakers were filming him before he was Kanye West. Like they were filming him before he had his deal. You know, he wasn't like some, you know, broke on the street record producer. He had already done like some big major Jay-Z songs. He did H to the Izzo. He produced it. But these guys, this guy Cootie, uh, uh, who was in Chicago, was like, he referred to the story that he wanted to be uh, make like hoop dreams. He wanted yeah. to follow this guy that he had a feeling about. Literally, that's what he said. I had a feeling about this guy and follow his journey. And the footage is just ridiculous. Um, but break down episode it's, one and just riff on it because I know you really liked it. And I'm asking for your opinion because I know that you love Kanye, but in a different way that, than, than I do. Well, I mean, everyone knows Kanye is this larger-than-life dude, like now with the egomaniac and all the, sh all the fucking antics that he's been up to today. And that's, that's why I was kind of put off by watching the documentary because of all the shit going on and we kind of like had enough of this fucking guy and um but i mean at the end of the day he really backs it up with just how fantastic his music is and and part one was like you said it was like 1998 the director uh saw something in him and just kept filming him and they and he was like i'm gonna do this documentary on this on this producer who wants to be a rapper and they sh and it's pretty much just documenting um his come up to like right before he releases college dropout but like you know he's he's going to rockefeller records he's a producer but they he wants to be signed as a rapper and no one's really taking him seriously and they're like oh you're just a you're just a producer but he i mean he literally storms into the rockefeller uh um headquarters and like starts rapping you know all falls down and shit from you know what will be college dropout and everyone's just kind of laughing him off and and um i mean the, the footage is absolutely surreal and the footage he's is like, it, it's just crazy to, to the, yeah. The, the footage is unbelievable. And I know as a documentary filmmaker, you know, making the tribe doc, making the Julia Lewis doc, making the 30 for 30, uh, when the guard was eating award winning tribe called quest doc award winning to have that gold to be able to cut to hours and hours. There's no talking heads. When I say talking heads, there's no, like, it's not cutting to Pharrell in real time. It's not cutting to Kanye West in real time. It's, it's just Cootie narrating. It's just in some narration, and it's the all Kanye shit. footage showing him make Jesus walks, showing him in real time making uh, slow jams with Kanye, showing him, you know, playing beats for most F and, and Talib Kweli. And the most informative part of, of part one was you meet his mother, Donda, yeah. Who just was a beautiful, sweet, loving woman who adored her son. Not in a way that was, I, I wouldn't say it was usual because everybody has different relationships with their mother, but she was his biggest fan, but also they just had a special relationship. You could see right off the bat, like you could see when they're together, like, like how that was the most emotional stuff. And I mean, she was a teacher and she, you know, instilled so much, so much knowledge and, and, you know, passed it on to Kanye. And I mean, there was a lot of, yeah, the stuff with his mom was, I mean, I just think that once his mom died, like what, in 2007, that's when he just seems like that's when he just absolutely lost it. He seems like he just needs his mom during all this shit. Yeah. And, and you're reminded that in 2007, after his mom died suddenly in a surgery, she was yeah. doing some, um, some surgery, like a basic surgery, something like a, you know, I don't know, like a, it was like, like a cosmetic surgery, wasn't it? Yeah, but she died in a hospital, and then yeah, that was the beginning where you started to see Kanye, like, you know, going down and down and down and down, and you know, he it was a week after, like there was that famous TMZ footage of him freaking out at a concert, and he never seemed to grieve, and you know, the film just captures all of it. I mean, it captures. Yeah. You know, stuff that I've never seen before. I mean, but the making of that first record and him like playing Jesus Walks for Scarface, the rapper Scarface, and him trying to get Scarface to be on Jesus Walks to get Dame Dash and Jay-Z and Rockefeller to take his idea of doing a record seriously. Yeah, you're just like, it's so good. And like him, you know, playing in, in episode two, him playing um, through the wire because it follows like when he gets because this guy's filming him the whole time so when he yeah. breaks his jaw him playing 
Um, his like you see him meeting Pharrell for the first time, and Pharrell kind of knows who he is. Well, he's just like, I love your beats, man. Like he was just that. Per- everyone knew him as that as one of the best producers. But I mean, that stuff with Scarface was so that was one of the coolest scenes too with Scarface. And then you know when he finally does record through the wire, the song through the wire, and he plays it for Pharrell in real time, and you get the reaction of Pharrell. Like Pharrell's yeah. bugging. Like he's bugging out. He's like, yo, I didn't know. And like he's rapping for him. And you see him in the studio rhyming for Jay-Z. And then Jay-Z puts him on his record. I mean, it's like early shit, but it's all like it's like the type of shit that gets shot now all the time on cell yeah. phone footage. And this guy just was shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. And Everything. I can't even imagine him, how many hours. Him signing the record contract. And I mean, look, and it seemed like nobody believed in the guy. I mean, obviously his mom believed in him, all that stuff. But it seemed like the two people who really knew that he was more than just a record producer was Pharrell and Jay-Z. They were like, I, I see the vision. I see you Most as this incredible rapper. Quali also. And, and them too. Um, I mean, when he's there's a footage that I had seen on the internet before. There's footage of him rhyming Wood Harris, the actor friend and real life friend of the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Pockets. Like they're in Chicago somewhere, and like they had already recorded the song two words, and like they're just acapella rhyming the shit. Oh yeah, yeah. It's let me tell you something. As much as I, well, episode three is the most disturbing one because episode three brings you into real time. And you see Kanye now and you see him because they sort of, you know, when he became super duper crazy famous, Cootie and Kanye, the director, they lost touch. And, you know, that shit that shit happens when you become that big of a star. You're not going to be able to keep in touch and keep relationships with every single person in your life. It's just no way. And also, as you get older, those things happen, but they wind up connecting later. And you you see Kanye like in you know maybe a year or two two three years ago it goes like to where it's like Trump time and Kim Kardashian time and like ranting and you know sort of this chaotic mental illness Kanye and the probably the thing that sticks out the most about the whole thing is you see him in what is a full fledged bipolar episode and he's like talking about it to the point. Where like the people that he's sitting down with are like, yo, what the fuck? And even the dude, Cootie, the director, he says, I had to stop filming because he didn't want to have his man like, you know, on camera like that. But there's enough where you see it and you're like, yo, not only is it bugged out to see Kanye like that, it's bugged out to see anybody who you've been following. And, you know, in a way we think we know him to see him have a mental breakdown or in a mental state of mania and talking about it and how... You know, it's it's beyond just him. It's like you see the mental illness take over this guy. Yeah, you really do. And it's it's my least favorite out of the three because there's three parts to it. And I think, yeah, it's, it's just, the least it brings, fun. It's the least fun. It's it's the least fun. I mean, listen, college dropout. I mean, I've been fucking playing that album. I mean, that's the that's the thing about this documentary is I've just been going down the rabbit hole of all of his old albums that I absolutely love. But I mean, to me. I think it's college dropout, graduation, late registration. Those those are the top three for me. And then my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, eight oh eights. But I, I kind of stopped after after Yeezus. Once once Yeezus was released, it was like I like Black Slaves and shit like that. But a, after that, I was like Life of Pablo. I His do it. personality was for me. I was like I'm done with this it. fucking guy. Like I, I was it. like I could. You know, there's some footage in the in the film where he's at that listening party with the Kardashians and I'm like yeah I was already checked out at that point oh yeah for sure um but nonetheless if you like filmmaking if you like music and you're a hip-hop fan whether or not you've turned on uh, your your opinion of Kanye has changed I I can't recommend this film any higher it's so well done it's so unique and there's so many goosebump moments I call them goosebump moments um in in this documentary, it, it's really, really, really well done, and it'll bring back memories. Like for me, I was like, "Oh shit, I remember that." Um, you know, I remember. Yeah, where that. were you when when College Dropout came out? Like, what were you what were you doing? I, I yo, I remember I was doing something with Talib Kweli the day that College Dropout dropped, and we, I ran into Kanye West. Damn, what what happened? It was like at a studio. I don't remember. I was doing something with Kweli. Maybe I was. 
you know, because I had been on a couple of Quali's records. I'm on Talib Quali records. That's fucking crazy. Okay. I'm on Talib Quali records. I'm in Jay-Z videos, Ludacris videos. I'm in more, um, I'm, Agent I, Rappenport. I'm in Jay, yeah, I'm in Jay, yeah. Okay, so don't don't look at me like I'm crazy. I'm not looking at you. You're any, looking no, at me like you're it. like I'm crazy, homie. I was asking about the Kanye meeting. I, I think that's ran fucking into, awesome. We saw Kanye West the day that college dropout was coming out or the day before. And I remember saying, are you pumped? And he was like, hell yeah, I remember. Damn. And that was the first time I had met him. And, um, you know, I remember during the my Dark Twisted Fantasy Tour, this is something I, I couldn't remember or that I just forgot. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. But during that tour, I took, what year was Dark Twisted Fantasy? 2010. So my kids must have been 10 or or 11, 11 and 9 or 10 and 8. And we went to go see them at the Staples Center, now known as the Bitcoin Arena. We saw yeah. Kanye there and we made it backstage before Kanye got off stage. And as soon as he got off stage, sweating with the microphone in his hand. Whoa. Or was it the, the Jay-Z... Was it what's Watch a, the Throne? Maybe it was Watch the Throne. I can't remember. Might have been Watch the Throne. But we were backstage with Kobe Bryant, oh Matt Barnes, God. and Kanye West, and my sons Julian and Maceo. And we were literally, Kanye was sweating and he had the microphone in his hand. He had just got off. And we were talking. And my younger son, after about three or four, because I was like, we're not going anywhere. And I remember Maceo goes, can we go home? And I go, hold on a second. And then he asked, can we go home again? And his brother was like, we're not fucking going anywhere. Right. We're not leaving. It was, Kobe was to my right, Matt Barnes was here, and Kanye oh was right here. God. And I was, we were just chatting and laughing. And I had, you know, met Kobe many times. And I had met Kanye many, many times. And I was like, we're not moving. I told my son, you know, I think he was overwhelmed by the excitement of the whole. No, I don't care if you're overwhelmed. We're, we're sleeping here if we have to We're tonight. not going anywhere. You understand? Okay. You're lucky that you came to the fucking show. You wanted... To, I didn't... I wasn't going to come. I was happy going to sleep early. Right. You dragged me out, and now we're here with Kobe. You had on the dark sunglasses. Kanye sweating. Christ. We're not moving. That's what's happening. That's fucking cool. And you just heard that album for like the... I mean, you just listened to it for the first time all the way through, right? Yeah, I never listened to my dark, twisted fantasy... It's good. It's good. I mean, I had heard all the songs, but I... Yeah, I, of course, of course. I was so annoyed by him, but uh, anyway, it, it's a dope film, and I, and I highly recommend it, and... Uh, were and, you thinking about Tribe? Like, were, like, I mean, you mentioned Tribe, but like, your documentary, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, while you were watching it, were you like, oh shit, this is taking me back to just the drama that I had to deal with? The drama, the arduousness, the... I mean, making a documentary is brutal, and I was jealous that there was so much you know, archival footage. Like, I, I know that any documentary filmmaker who's ever made a documentary on any level were like, oh my God. Yeah. Because we didn't have much of that. We had like, you know, a camera crew interviewing them from MTV, a camera crew, but we didn't have that like home behind the curtain. You're in his fucking mother's house, like Where the mother's meeting Cootie for the first time. She's like, hi, I'm Donda. And you're just like, yeah, this is insane. That was, uh, it was and incredible. his mother and like know, rapping his lyrics, but not in a that, not in a in an overbearing way. Just like she loved him, she loved her son in a in a really beautiful, beautiful way. I mean, it's a dope film. It's so good, and especially you know what else really stood out to me was the Jamie Foxx slow jam shit. Where because this whole time I thought in the beginning of slow jams, Jamie Foxx was the one that was like, you know, Kanye, all the girls at the club, she's been dancing like this and drinking water, and they need something slow. And you know that whole opening that he does is slow jams. Like I thought that was all Jamie Foxx as an actor just kind of doing his thing. And then you know she said she wants a Marvin Gaye, but you see in the documentary like Kanye had the fucking he wrote all that shit in the beginning. This is what I want you to do. Then I want you to do the Marvin Gaye shit. I mean, he had such a, a, a singular vision for what he was doing with College Dropout. Totally. Like he had his, it was all Kanye. You know, you, you yeah. thought that and, I, and he I, it was incredible to see. And and he didn't, he, he recorded all those songs one by one. Like he didn't have yeah. a record deal when he recorded Jesus Walks. He had, he had been sitting on the Jesus Walks beat for years. <sighs> And and it's sick. Do you do you know the the, the opening of Slow Jams? Who who does uh, Jamie Foxx talk about? 
Oh yeah, well he's talking about he was like you know I want some Keith Sweat and and uh well I they have all those names right but then he says I want uh she said she wants a Marvin Gaye some Luther Van Jones a little Anita nope uh, nope to set this nope, party nope, off nope, right nope nope what do you Did, mean nope he didn't say Luther Van Jones yeah he does he says When's Luther Van Dros and it's not no brother it's not, little it's not Anita. Luther Van Drone it's not okay Lu- what. It's not Luther Van Drone. You sound dumb. Luther Van Drones. I didn't say Luther Van Drone. I said Luther Van Dros. Okay, there's nobody named Luther Van Dros. It's, 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 she said she wants a Marvin Gaye, uh, some Luther Van Jones, a little Anita. No. Maybe you haven't heard no, this song in a long time. It's Luther Van Dros, and it's not little Anita. Oh, yo, it's definitely little Anita. It's That's, a little Anita. What do you mean, a little Anita? A little Anita. Like a little Anita Baker, not little Anita. Do you no, understand? A, no, what you don't understand is there. I think that there was a, there might have been a rap, there might have been a rapper named Little Anita. No, it might have been before your time. I Listen, I've been listening to the song a lot lately. I'm, I'm running on the treadmill listening to it. And, and how does it go? How does it go? She said she wants a Marvin Gaye, some Luther Van Jones, nope. a little Anita. Not, no, I don't it's really not get this party Luther started Van off right. Jones. It's, I want some Marvin Gaye, some Luther Van Dros with a D. Not Okay, not, so who is Luther Van Jones? There's no Luther Van Jones. No, Drones. I'm, I'm, ta- no I'm doing Van it your way. Drones. There's no Luther Van Jones. It's Luther Van Dros. Van Dros. Luther Van Dros. Van Dros. Not Dose. Vandross. Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross. Who's Luther Vandross, bro? Who is Luther Vandross? I thought this whole fucking time it was Luther Van Jones. Like, uh, and it's isn't not that CNN it's reporter not Little Van Jones? Anita. Like, like it's a little Anita. That I'm not so sure about. I, I'm pretty sure it's Little Anita because I mean he says it so clear. Uh, he says what? He says. He says, "Little Anita, maybe Luther Van Drones, you got, but I don't. The little Anita it's part. It's Anita Baker. A little. I don't know who Anita Baker is. But he was I talking about another who, person besides Anita Baker. I thought. I. I honestly thought it was like Lil Kim, Little Anita. You know. Anyway, that's that's besides the point. It ain't Slow besides James the point. You're song, saying Luther Van Drones, Van Jones." Like the, Van the, Jones. No, it's not Van Jones. Like Van Jones, a CNN guy. That's who I thought. Of, I, that, I thought there was some kind of relation to Van Jones. He's not related to Van Jones. It's Van Dros and a okay. little Anita. I got now. I'm. I, I got it clear now. Now, so what's your favorite you song some, on that record? Oh man, on College Dropout. I, I shit, man. Uh. What's my favorite one on College Dropout? Let it's not a trick question. Dropout. No, I mean, the best ones are All Falls Down, Spaceship, Jesus Walks. I love Never Let Me Down. Yeah. I love Get Them High. I love Slow Jams. I love School Spirit. And I love Family Business. Yeah, yo, I, I got to be honest. I forgot that. Jesus Walks was on that first album. It's insane. Yo, Jesus but, but, Walks is a huge song. Go on the fucking tread because that that's the only reason I'm, I've been going on the treadmill. I've been doing like 35 minutes on the treadmill and I'm listening to that album top to bottom. Can it's you the sing only a song? thing that gets me. Like what song what? do you think you know the best? Well, I just, well, I know the slow jams. Or I thought I knew slow jams, but I love that fucking, uh, God, that Jesus walks beat right when it starts there. But I love that family business. This is family business, and this is for the people that can't be with us. Go, let's go ahead and take a family Grammy picture. You know all that shit. But graduation, bro. You know what song I Which love is on the graduation? One so insecure. Oh, that's uh, all falls down, right? Man, I promise. She's so self conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. But but let me do the let me do the um the chorus. up. And it yeah. all falls down. I'm telling you now. And it yes, all it, falls down. Now tell me that ain't insecure. The concept of school seems so secure. Sophomore three years ain't picked a career. She like, fuck it. I'll just stay down here and do hair. That's, that's you know, but it's such a good song, man. It's it's good. But, anyway. I, I, anyway, I, can, I, I just, I, can I just mention one song from graduation before we move on from Kanye? Yes. I, I, do you know that song, Everything I Am? Which song is that? It's like this. 
Yes. DJ Premier, that's a fucking one of his most underappreciated songs. I love that I song. I agree. I agree. Anyway, man, I, I loved the doc. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I've been listening to Kanye. I think it's perfect time for the doc to come out too because he's doing all sorts of crazy shit with Skeet. And Kim's about to slap him with that restraining order any day now. He's been looking crazy. And I Yo, think she's gonna hit him with that Lily Taylor. A hundred percent. He's on that Lily Taylor. He's on that Better Roses. Is did you do any of that with Lily Taylor? Did you send her a Better Roses? Nah, man. I didn't do none of that. I, I called 27 times over a three-day weekend and showed up and banged on either Gwyneth Paltrow or Brad Pitt's <laughs> window. The the big thing about the Lily Taylor thing is. I didn't knock on her window. Well, what do you mean you knocked on Brad Pitt or Gwyneth Paltrow? I, I knocked. She lived in the same building, oh. apartment. I didn't knock on Lily Taylor's window. Oh, I knocked on the wrong knocked- person's window. Now I was attempting to knock on Lily Taylor's <laughs> window, and she got wind that a person was knocking on her was was knocking on somebody else's window. But I actually did not knock on Lily Taylor's window. Oh, that's fucked up, man. The, the, the media made it seem like she woke up in the middle of the night to some fucking. Oh, yeah, like I'm out there on, on the some glass. fucking, like I'm like on some crazy shit. That that wasn't the case. Listen, I've called people 27 times before. Sometimes I call my mom 27 I call times. I called you 27 times. Yeah, maybe I should be hit with a fucking Over a three day charge. weekend? You try to put oh. me in a restraining order. You see what the fuck you get. God damn. Try it. All right, well, I don't, I don't want to try it. Anyway, um, Yo, did you watch Winning Time, the HBO? I think it's a 10-part series about the Lakers. I watched it last night. What did you think about it? Did you see it? I got to be honest. I didn't love it. I I loved it. You loved it? Well, yeah, I loved it. Really? I I wasn't expecting you to say that. I loved it because I know the story so well. I've read about it. There's been documentaries about it. Of course, Magic Johnson at the time was my guy. Yeah. And, you know, there's been articles written about it. Magic's talked about it. The, the Lakers have talked about it. The Celtics have talked about it from their point of view. And I didn't know what to expect. Like, I thought it was, like, going to be weird documenting something like that. And basketball is always weird on film. And, yeah. you know, it always, like, you, you look, they don't look like they could play. And the arenas look weird and all that stuff. But I thought the way they articulated and set up the first story and set up the characters and set up magic and got to know his father, which I knew that story very, very well. And the Jerry bus of the story and the Jerry West of the story and um, and the genie bus of the story and the way they just broke down the time. And John C. Riley and the Magic Johnson kid, you know, looked like magic and he had the char- charisma of a young magic and the Kareem character and the Norm Nixon character and the, you know. I thought it was just really well done. And my wife, who knows the story well because she's from L.A., you know, if you're from L.A. and you're the same age, like, you just know a lot about Magic yeah. Johnson. Um, she doesn't know the, the details as well as I do, and she was able to follow it, and she really liked it too. So I, I was surprised how much I liked it. It brought back a lot of memories, um, and I just thought it was really good. W- why didn't you really like it? I, no, I don't know. I I... I liked it. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't. I, I thought I was going to like it a lot more, but I'm. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Was Jerry West that as crazy as they made him seem to be? Throwing shit out of fucking glass windows and all that. I mean, I don't know if he was as crazy as that. I'm sure those were real stories. Maybe they were taken out of context. Like I don't yeah. think Magic Johnson and Norm Nixon played one on one at yeah, Donald that's what Sterling's, I mean, like, but, but it, it, you know, those are scenes, yeah, but you I can tell you one in. thing. I interviewed Jerry West for the award-winning 30 for 30 when the garden was eaten. And yes. he was extremely intense and damn near got brought to tears talking about those six championships that yeah. he lost. Like at the end of the interview with me and Jason and that we did with Jerry West, uh, for the award-winning 30 for 30 when the garden was eaten, he got up and left the room. Like It was like he had PTSD. So he wasn't screaming and yelling, but he was extremely intense. Yeah. Like, not friendly, not nice. Um, was he in it? Did he make the final cut? Yeah, he's in it, and he, it. he almost started crying in the film. Yeah. He almost started crying because, you know, we documented the Lakers losing to the Knicks. Huh. Um, right. And, and Homeboy, at the end of the interview, he just bounced. 
Not <laughs> goodbye, not thank you, not, nothing. And when I was walking him up to the interview, this was after Kobe had ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. And I just happened to ask him, I said, you know, what do you think of Kobe returning? He, said, he looked at me, and he's a big dude. Yeah. And the guy who's playing him, that actor, who's a good actor, you know, he, he resembles him. Like, he looked at, Jerry West, like, 6'6". Six, six, he said, we ain't talking about Kobe. We're not talking oh. about Kobe. We're talking about the Lakers. We're talking about the Knicks, 1970. I said, no, I was just asking. He's like, okay, we're not talking about Kobe. I was like, what the? F-? Oh, shit. I didn't hear that story. Yeah, homie was not, like, he's an intense dude. So, I mean... Yo, he wanted to yeah, de- probably de- he wanted to draft Sidney Moncrief, who was a, weren't up wanted to be a great player, but he wasn't no Magic Johnson. And I'm sure those stories were based on, you know, I'm sure, right? Whether and they Kareem were not literally like in the exact literal time at the exact literal moment on behavior by Jerry West. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. He's just an intense. He's known as an intense dude. And what about Kareem, though? Because I, I, I really hope that he didn't fucking tell that kid to fuck off an airplane because I love that scene in airplane. I wouldn't be surprised. Really? Kareem, you think you- Kareem was a notoriously not friendly guy. I always got along with Kareem. He's always been great to me. I uh, did rock and jocks with Kareem. I made him laugh. I made him smile. I knew that he wasn't that friendly, so I went out of my way to try to bond with Kareem. The yeah. last time I saw Kareem was at the 2015 NBA All-Star Game. In New York, and he was, he started talking to me about how much he loved Justified, how much he loved, uh, um, oh, damn, what's the writer's name of Justified? It just popped out of my head. Um, how much he loved his writing. You know, Kareem is an intellectual. He's a nerd. He's an intellectual. He's a, he's a you know, um, what is it called? An introvert. And I think at times when he was younger, he could be a fucking prick. So I don't know if that's literal. But apparently, you know, that's why Kareem, you know, after he left the NBA, you know, people weren't going out of their way to give him jobs as iconic and as prolific as he was. Apparently, he was a motherfucker. To me, when I've dealt with him throughout the years, he's always been cool with me, but his reputation is that he could be hard to get along with. And and what do you think about John C. Riley in the role? I thought he was good. I thought he was good, you know. Um, I, I don't know Buss's personality, but I, I, you know, I'm gonna tell you a dope story. 1983, I went to go visit my sister in L.A. Arsenio Hall, in 1983, was just a comic. Mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall somehow and I we. He, he got sort of, you know, we were talking and my sister knew him and I was hanging around the improv, all the comedians and all that stuff. And Arsenio was just a young comic. And as Arsenio agreed to take me to go play basketball. We went to the YMCA, the Hollywood YMCA. I played basketball with grown ass men talking shit as a 13 year old. I was good for my age. I was tall. Ba, 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 ba. Arsenio was good friends with Magic at the time. Took me to the, to the forum. I had dinner in Jerry Buss's private room with Jerry Buss, Arsenio Hall. To my right was Muhammad Ali. Holy shit. We watched the game. I was literally having an out-of-body experience. I was haranguing Arsenio. Can I please meet Magic? Can I please get a pair of Magic Johnson sneakers? Please, 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 please. He's just a comic. He's babysitting... um, me, whose godparents are one of the owners of the improv, you know, after the basketball game, I I'm trying to remember who they played. I'm in that locker room that they showed, that iconic Lakers wow. forum locker room. I get Magic Johnson's fucking purple Converse in my hand before they say you could have the fucking sneakers. I like tried to steal his fucking sneakers. They gave it to you? The person who, you know, dealt with everything in the locker room was like, you got to give those back. So I wound up giving them back, but I was in there, Norm Nixon, Kareem, Jamal wow. Wilkes. I was in that fucking locker room. Like, um, at one point, uh, Norm Nixon was like, because I had like uh, like two gold chains. He was like, you better be careful. You're in Inglewood with those chains That's on. That's crazy. But I met That's Magic. Fucking crazy. Magic was cool with me, and you know Arsenio. We, you know, whenever I see him, you remember when we met him? Like, remember, cool. so nice. And you remember we were talking about like, yo, he he was my babysitter for like you know 
a two-day period in Los Angeles in 1983, and he took me to meet Magic Johnson. I was in the Forum Club. I met Jerry Buss. I had dinner next to Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali spilled soup on his tie. I was... God damn. That's one of the biggest mountaintop moments for you, I feel Tripping like. out of my fucking... I tried to steal Magic Johnson's sneakers in 1983. That's a fact. <laughs> Fuck, that's crazy. And what about, uh, was this before you went to Magic Johnson? Uh, I went to his camp uh, the camp? next summer. Did he remember the encounter? I didn't bring it up. I was embarrassed yeah. that I tried to steal his yeah. sneakers. I got, I got, oh, I OD'd. I OD'd. Yeah, and you it was OD'd, like, man. I had this, and they're like size 16. So it's not like you could stick them in your pocket. And I, full transparency, I put his, his socks and his jock strap in the sneakers. I tried to steal his jock strap. That's, that's his, disgusting. His jock strap. I swear on everything. I swear what on everything. What if you got away with it? Would you think you'd still have it if you if you of course you would. I was thinking about that last night like would I have, would I have kept those sneakers? Yes. Yes. How would you not have kept the sneakers? That um winning time was bringing back a lot of memories. That's anyway, cool. Your hair looks good. Thank you, man. It thank you. I, I really got a shower, to be honest with you, but I appreciate you saying that, man. I don't look as good as you with that bomber jacket and the taxi driver and the chains. I, I need to step my fucking wardrobe up, man. I had to, I had to look good in these streets because I'm walking these streets. It's too nice out not to look good in these streets. So you're finally, so everything is finally calmed down. You've been traveling. You've been working like fucking crazy, but like you're, you are going. It's crazy that you're not able to sleep. I mean, with as much as you work, you'd think that you'd be able to just fucking crash at the Tonight end of the day. Tonight we're melatoning. We're taking that melatonin. Need, we're chilling. We're chilling tonight. You need to do it, man. You got to fucking just chill. You you need to be like in the south of France over summer for two weeks. Just like I need something. Away, no phone. South of France, Palm Beach, something. It. Anyway, we came, we saw, we conquered. But I will say this, Dean. Remember, March 20th is my birthday. I, I would never forget it, man. It's in my calendar. I don't know what I'm getting you yet, but I'll get you something. March 20th is my birthday. I know. You, that's what you said. So we got it. Like I said, I got it on my calendar. You don't got to remind me. I'll call you on your birthday. What, 54, 55? 52, bitch. 52, 52. motherfucker. Ain't no 54. I said 52. I get 52 fucking confused, years old. man. What? After 30, it's like no one, you know what I mean? 52. I'm going to be 52. Like, how old are you? We don't know how old you are. Nobody knows your fucking age, man. 52, 54. We're just we're happy you're having another birthday. We're happy you're alive to celebrate another birthday. That's all that counts, man. Okay. We came, we saw, we conquered. We came, we saw, we disrupted. Miles Jordan, take us out of here. This museum quality IM Rapport Stereo Pockets. Take us out of here with something real nice. Take us out of here with something real proper. Okay. But most importantly, end this gorgeous I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. You know what we're going here, Dean, with something real loud and something real, real funky. funky. God, you ruin it every time. Real funky. I Am Rappaport Stereo. Delay, man. No, it's you the screw delay. it up. I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. I'm out.